Good morning, Amarin. Uh, how are you today? Good morning. I am doing better than I deserve today, Jesse. Better than I deserve. I disagree. You should live on clouds with princess crowns. <laughs> Thank you. That is probably true. My grandfather would always tell me that he was better than he deserved every time I asked him how he was Aww. his entire life. Um, and so sometimes I like to say that because I think it's sweet. I like to pass down the family line. I honestly don't know what it means, though. So I do. I, I would guess he was hinting at dark secrets. Would be my I, guess. <laughs> my guess is that he was involved in in a nefarious group, um, and he, um, yeah, was was alluding to that in some way. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Granddaddy. I, if that is true, I have even more respect for you. <laughs> uh, and how are you today? I'm I'm great. Uh, welcome everyone to Cults I Join. If you have not, if you're here on accident, this is a podcast about cults. We join. Although today, another cult I may not join. Ooh, <laughs> uncommon friends. If you're joining in for the first time, this is not that common of an occurrence. Yeah, we're generally pro cult. Um, Pretty pro cult here. This one is a mixed bag for me, um, and it's it's a heavy hitter. We're at episode twelve, so we're our last uh, group coverage episode of season two right now so i brought in a heavy hitter this is what i've been postponing to to uh bring to the light when when i thought it was an opportune moment so i listed it as last one in season two um it's personal to me oh boy Um, (laughs) okay it's one i love it's one you'll love to hate um and with no further ado let me say this i i'm not i'm gonna you're not going to know the name of it, so I'm not going to make you guess it. However, Amarin, you yep. are appropriately dressed for this episode. Amarin, tell the people what you're wearing. Kind of camo. Yep, so I'm correct. guessing this is a bit of a camo situation. I'm wearing, and now I, you can't More see. More than a bit. So I really want to clarify for the fashion sense girlies listening to the podcast. I'm wearing sort of like a classic. It's like a new modern take on camo. It's like trees overlaid on each other. I don't want anybody to think I'm just out here in full fatigue camo. Yeah, it's. I can <laughs> see the North Face label. So. Yeah, I, I'm Literally. affluent. Give it to me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just. Um, no, you look you look super cute. But this Thank episode you. is all camo all the time. So what I'm going to do first is rather than make you guess at it, uh, I'm going to read you. Uh, some expert excerpts from their Freedom of Information Act FBI file. Oh, my goodness. I love an FBI file for a group. Let's Thank you. go. Thank you, COINTELPRO, for being so bad that we had to have a Freedom of Information Act. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Here we go. FBI file. And then I'll tell you who this group is. So the blank is a group of approximately 90 to 120 men, women, and children, with the majority being of teens to mid-20s in age. Members of the blank are tied by a non-traditional religion, which which includes faith healing, speaking in tongues, and prophecy, which says that society will soon collapse in turmoil and that the United States will suffer a collapse of economy or nuclear war. Mm -hmm. As a result, there will be chaos. So uh, we've been here before. Um, as a result, there will be chaos and the panicked masses will rove the country looting for food and protection. This is, again, the FBI file. Those who are not prepared will be a threat to those who have been preparing. 
that would be the insignia over my own church's front door, I think. Those who are not prepared will be a threat to those who have been preparing. The CSA, damn it! <laughs> Don't listen to me. Okay, the, didn't the hear blank. anything. The will, blank. Will share what they have to the best of their ability, but if people come to loot, the, the blank will kill them. In preparation uh, for this? <laughs> yes. That actually, you are wrong. I know the that, name of this group. <laughs> that that actually would be the insignia over my own church's door as well. <laughs> uh, the group stockpiles food and weapons and trains themselves in military and survival procedures. Also yeah. taught are firearms and marksmanship, repelling, foraging for food, erections of such, such obstacles as punji sticks and barbed wire to deter looters, urban warfare, military field craft, national forest survival, home defense, Christian martial arts, Christian military truths, nuclear survival, and tax protesting. National Forest Survival is actually the name of my band. Uh, we'll be performing <laughs> next week. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, the blank has been implicated in such crimes as the firebombing of a church, which caters to <laughs> homosexuals, the arson of a residence for profit, the bombing of a Jewish community center and a gas pipeline, the robbery of a pawn shop and murder of its owner, theft of vehicles and numerous weapons violations. Their leader received $300,000 obtained through robbery committed by another community called the order and post the fbi looking through their stuff here's a list of what was found okay. two stolen trucks and the seizure of three vehicles and a land cruiser jeep utilized by the order the other community mm. one 1957 chevrolet and a csa mem stolen driven by a CSA member and prime suspect in the murder of one Sandra Jean Kerrigan, whose children were at the compound uh, and her body was found later, not on their property. 155 Krugerands, which, by the way, were gifts to me at my wedding. All of them? <laughs> no, but that'd be sweet. Um, $800 in... Uh, United States currency and numerous gold and silver coins because you know survivalists love gold and silver. They're like dragons. They do. They do. Um, we have that in common. Okay. This says one live light anti-tank weapon rocket, but it looked like it was going to say one live light love sign. <laughs> one live laugh love uh, <laughs> above the table sign for this group. Honestly, now, and I'm not going to say the name, but but knowing what the who this group is and what they're about because of your slip up and also because of some of the details, weirdly accurate to say you might recover a live love. Yeah, it really is. It fits right in and it's having core them. Yeah, I, I also got a live laugh love sign at my wedding. Oh, gosh. From, from someone in this group. Um, two personal computers. Numerous citizen band radios and several other communication devices, numerous records connecting this group to the Aryan nations and other similar, similar organizations, numerous knives with blades of nine inches or longer, a similar weapon used in the homicide of the woman mentioned earlier, ah. uh, 94 long guns, 30 handguns, 35 machine guns and sawed off shotguns, one heavy machine gun, two improvised landmines, approximately 25 destructive devices, one booby trap, approximately 40 Provides hand grenades, approximately 320 blasting caps, 4,000 feet of detonating cord, three and one half blocks of C4 explosives, safety fuses, military trip flares, smoke grenades, black powder, smokeless powder, and several hundred thousand rounds of ammunition. They also found cyanide, 
which would be used for poisoning public drinking water. <laughs> that is just a little fun that I pulled from the FBI file, which is heavily redacted, which makes it less interesting. Um, that's the redacted bird. That's the less. That's interesting the unredacted. Version? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to interesting. clarify that we the, did not get any um, redacted text returned to us. There. Right. No, that's the uh, snooze fest part of the that report. Was the boring bit. Wow. Yeah. Amarin, who are we talking exciting. about? Yeah, We're thank you. We're talking about, I, I'm, I mean, I, I would be shocked if I was wrong. We're talking about the covenant, the sword, and the arm of the Lord. Baby. Damn, girl. How'd you, you're good at this. I'm friends with you, Jesse. Um, <laughs> I, that's how, I, I, okay. I literally, actually, it is because of um, you directly that I know about this group. We um, did talk about them at the farmer's market one time. Sure. Um, and it was, I don't remember what prompted it. I actually probably do, but we won't, we won't say it out loud. Um, and we were it's almost definitely this. something in, involving my ex-husband, but yeah. I'm certainly, I'm certainly, I'm going to assure you that it was, that is correct. I got a little tricky <laughs> with my words there, but that is absolutely what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do know about this group um, and I do also know about them in association, not to spoil anything fun, um, with another group we've talked about, right? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And also a, a large movement that we've chatted about through extension. Christian with the live, identity. Laugh, love signs. Yes. Christian identity synonymous with live, laugh, love. Yes. The uh, white identity. Yes. Space. Yes. The religion the of the pale. Space. That's right. The pale, the, the, uh, what are they called? The ice walkers from the white walkers. <laughs> that's what they're called. They're Correct, literally yes. called the white walkers. So that's <laughs> okay. There's my pop culture reference for the episode. Well done. Check. Uh, yeah, guys, we're talking about the covenant, the sword and the arm of the Lord. So full disclosure, um, if you're a long time listener, you know this already, but just to be clear, um, CSA, which is, what people call them uh, short for covenant sword and the arm of the Lord um, is a group that I grew up parallel to having grown up in a church that is geographically nearby and uh, other than the racism aligned with them because we were both like end of the world survivalists. So I've said it before, but just on the map, you've got um, Elohim city, which is uh, absolutely um, Christian identity in Oklahoma, near Oklahoma City. Then you've got over in the Springfield, Missouri area, which is just uh, a straight line to the right on the map, if you're looking. So you've got Elohim City, straight line to the right. You've got um, uh, House of Prayer, where I grew up. And then slightly southeast, you've got uh, CSA. And so we are all weirdo survivalists. Two of these groups are Christian identity. My church was not, but we were other than that, radicals and end of the world people and government haters and all that. So lots of, um, as is often true, anytime that weapons smuggling and violence is involved, your morals get set on a shelf real quick, right? So mm-hmm. so we were very heavily interacting with each other, despite the fact that my church, in fact, what didn't like the racism part. So we'll get into that more. Um, and we're right. not we're not here to talk about my church, but I did right. grow up. Um, with these people. And then I married uh, the son of founding members of the CSA. So my grandson is a direct descendant of or my grandson. My son, he's their like, grandson. You don't have a my grandson. My son is 10. That's my son some, is 10. Certainly not possible. Uh, so no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my son is the grandson of uh, 
some wonderful founding members of the Covenant, the Sword, and the Arm of the Lord. So that's going to be, I don't want to sound like a Nazi apologist in this, obviously, um, but we are going to talk about both the real facts. Well, they're all, I'm not going to lie to you, but we're, we're going to talk about <laughs> we're gonna kind talk of about the, the Wikipedia version of, of what happened with CSA. And then we're going to talk about the people that I know there and the um, life on the ground. Yeah. Which is what we always do. Yeah. Um, and this is difficult for me because uh, their beliefs are hateful, mm-hmm. um, but, and their actions are vile. Um, and they are members of my family who I love. Yep. This is another one where we're talking about something. It's kind of like when we talked about Ruby Ridge. Sure. Where, well, it's like every single group we talk about, Jesse. I know that this is the case. <laughs> They're human beings, you know, right. like I and and I am not going to get on a soapbox and talk about that. Like we all we all understand. But, yeah. you know, they are human beings and your connection to these people and my connection to these groups of people and groups like them. Um it makes it more evident to us that these are real life, flesh and blood human being people and not just like a poster, a white supremacy poster yeah. on the wall. That you're uh, like, like a character from poster. a crazy story. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. obviously the ideas aren't, we hate the ideas, but some of these, well, all of these are, are real people. I almost said some of these are real people. What is wrong <laughs> with me? Um, all of these are real Practically people. Practically all of them. supposed to be a joke. <laughs> It's uh yeah they if they are living they are real people um, yeah. <laughs> so so yes that it's important to talk about and I'm excited to look straight into the fire here yeah so um I did call and have a long talk with my mother-in-law last night um about and so my my last name is Stone so you might surmise that my in-laws who I stole <laughs> the name from are the Stones so it's I it's not it's not giving anything away to say that. <laughs> Um, Gary and Cheryl Stone are my parents-in-law, um, and you'll see their names, particularly Gary's name, because he was convicted along with the other leaders. Um, you'll see their names when you look up this group. So those are my in-laws. I love them. Um, so I, I did call my mother-in-law last night because I, I wanted to be really clear, you know, having been a part of the family, we have obviously talked about what they would refer to as the farm. Oh, back on the farm, which by the way, every commune everywhere calls their land, the farm. So um, that's a fun way to spice up your life. If you want to see more counterculture, just uh, refer (laughs) to your child at home as the farm. Yeah, Um, It's it's, it's easier to do that if you did grow up on a farm like I did, but yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I I say. Like, well, back on the farm, people immediately assume I'm a radical, but I just meant like in the farmhouse I was raised in. That's it. (laughs) We're going to take it and run with it, Amarin. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, youngsters. Um, so <laughs> we did talk at length about about the community. And, and because I'm another community person, she and I love to share those stories we have for years. But that's mm-hmm. why I checked in with her, because I didn't want to say things in this podcast that were told to me without the intention of them being told on a podcast, right? right that we. Right. This is a person who we've talked in confidence for years. And I didn't want to be like, now everything you told me is fair game because I didn't say it was off the record. I'm a big shop podcaster now and I've been recording you for years. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, that's not what we wanted to do, which I appreciate. I also do not want anybody calling me uh, concerned with my with my conversations as well. So I appreciate Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I I thought I'm going to open it up with something that she said right off the bat. 
bat because yes. I, you know, I texted her and said, Hey, I'm going to cover your group tomorrow. Is there anything you do or don't want me to say? And she called no. me immediately. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like when you Loving text it. someone and say like, we need to talk. <laughs> so. She was like, no more time can pass before we address this. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> so she said something that I thought was kind of awesome. I'm going to start off with it. She said, um, she sighed and she said, anytime people talk about CSA, it's just, it's just always about the seas, siege and the, and, uh, the, Supre- supremacy <laughs> which she's right of course those are she's the talking right. points it's just yes. about the siege and the supremacy the siege um, and the supremacy another course, great band name <laughs> that is a good band name this is they're um, all good okay uh but of course uh, of course that is what people talk about but of course you know having lived and raised her children there that is not her sh- the siege was a couple of days even right. the supremacy wasn't the entirety of the span there it's not wasn't there when she started living there and so uh you know obviously it's a bigger picture to her and she is she finds it tiresome that but i thought it was just a good quote because they did have a siege with the government and they they were aggressive white supremacists and so she was like oh. <laughs> all they ever talk uh, about huh. is the siege and the yes. supremacy so acknowledge cheryl and we'll get there all right i'm gonna yes. dive in and read you some info all right csa the covenant the sword and the arm of the lord was a far-right survivalist anti-government militia which advocated for christian identity and was active in the united states between the 1970s and the mid-1980s. CSA was developed from a Baptist congregation, the Zarephath Horeb Community Church. That was their original name, was Zarephath Horeb Community Church. Zarephath Horeb. So when you look at my ex-husband's birth certificate, it says Zarephath Horeb Community, which is cool. Um, Was founded in 1971 in Pontiac, Missouri. Over time, Zarephath Horeb evolved into an extremist military group, and it was rechristened the Covenant, the Sword, and the Arm of the Lord. The Mm. group operated at a large compound in northern Arkansas, which was known as, quote, the farm. So this is something interesting. They're going to switch in... in, in descriptions of CSA from being in Northern Arkansas to being in Southern Missouri all the way through this. Like in this same paragraph, it says that they're founded in Pontiac, Missouri, and that they operate and their compound in Northern Arkansas. Mm. This was actually strategically um, intentional for them. Their thinking was that if they lived right exactly on the border of two states, uh, not to mention two kind of backward, not great funded states, um, they would most likely get away with a lot more. And they were right because jurisdiction applies, right? Um, Unfortunately, not the only groups of people that have moved to this that area saying, well, this seems like a great place for government oversight. <laughs> I will also say in Ozark County, where other communities are and where they were, uh, no building codes, That's cheap right. land, uh-huh. <laughs> and Rocky people soil. who mind their own business. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a good... It's a good setup. And, you know, as a young woman descended from a line of moonshiners, Uh I respect it. It's a place to be. In June 1982, the CSA had an estimated 90 to 120 members consisting of men, women and children. Their leadership, uh, the founder of the CSA was James Ellison. That is the person a couple episodes ago where I was telling you I went to a dinner party at of House of Prayer people and I got in an argument with somebody about racism and I stormed out of the dinner party and then my ex was like, that couldn't have been Jim Ellison because, like, basically you're not good enough to have met such an elevated person. Yes. That's who we're right. talking about here. That's who I remember that. And I also just have to say, ah, 
That's all. Honestly. That's my response to that outrageous comment. Okay. Honestly. Let's move past. I hate it. We had Rubens. Um, the founder of the CSA was James Ellison. He was jailed in federal prison along with Carrie Noble. Robert G. Millar became one of Ellison's spiritual advisors, and he is the founder of Elohim City. Ellison was mentored by uh, Richard Butler, founder of the Aryan Nations. Shout out to Idaho. <laughs> oh, my favorite uh, inclusion moment for Idaho. And they always <laughs> come around this way, don't they? <laughs> they really do. Sorry, man. Uh, the, extreme, <laughs> yeah, the extreme right wingers. Right-wing leaders taught and practiced the theology of Christian identity, a belief system which is included on the FBI's watch list of extremist religions. Ellison had close ties to the Ku Klux Klan and the Aryan Nations. So, I again, I want to reiterate here in defense of my in-laws, they really were a Baptist community when they started out. They were like a back-to-the-land movement. And my mother-in-law pointed out something really um relevant last night when we were talking she said people don't think about this but but we were about she said we were about 25 families right they all have a bunch of kids so about 100 people on the farm but she said we were about 25 families all of which were recovering addicts so consider and remember mm. too that the FBI profile mentioned that the median age was like mid 20s right mm -hmm. so consider that we're in the late 70s early 80s these are families starting out with young children this is very much during the back to the land movement where people are they've faded out of the hippie movement they've burnt out on drugs and they're buying land and being survivally right this was the trend of the time um a lot of denim skirts a lot of denim skirts you guys um <laughs> so they're they're out there doing their thing um and that is the community that these people joined no mention of racism wasn't in the theology at the time, more right. of a, probably the world's going to end, but what, and they were a very strict, very conservative church, but consider that that's what addicts gravitate to. Remember right. when we covered the snake handlers, they're these snake handlers are having a resurgence right now because they are specifically targeting former addicts who need something that is, extreme because that's what they lean into and they need something that is uh strict and going to hold them into a new lifestyle where they can stay clean these are people who are clean although she was like you know i learned later <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot more going on than i realized but like that's ultimately yeah, i think I there was like some pot smoking behind the barn but like ultimately oh, no you know these are <laughs> yeah. people who are addicts and they are so I, I think that's really relevant to the narrative and it's it's not that's in true. anything that I read that was published, but I think it really matters. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the people, you know, in the makeup. Now we're going to move on to the purpose. So ultimately, real quick, what happened was that Jim Ellison uh, was already friendly with um, Millar, who had started um, Elohim City in Oklahoma. And they were Christian identity. And then he did have ties with the Klan because he was a, hey, a white dude in the South practicing being a preacher. So surprise. Um, and then he went up to a convention, I believe, in Indiana um, with other um, CSA, not I'm sorry, not CSA people, other um, Christian identity people. And he basically brought Christian identity back to the farm. 
and then just started working it into everything. And I don't think he's a manipulative mastermind. I think they already had a very tight knit, cohesive end of the world, radical group. And I think those people were like, fine, bring it in, whatever. What it came with was a large network of other people who were heavily armed and doing mostly the same things mm. they were doing. And I think they plugged in real easy. Um, again, I'm not apologizing for the fact that they converted to actual Nazism, which they did. Ooh. I'm just telling you how they got there. Because when you talk to CSA members today, they will shake their heads and say, how did I become a white supremacist? How did it what happen? happened? But that's what happened. Slope. Yeah. Happened. So it, I mean, I honestly, people don't realize how pervasive that's kind of a weird word to use here. People don't realize how insidious this yes. stuff is. And I yes. don't mean the people, I mean the ideas. Yeah, um, correct. People don't realize they like they don't people don't come up to you in these groups and just say like some clear cut and dry offensive statement usually like no you know, you never no and shake your hand and say like we don't like people of color right Thanks. right P- point like that's not how it goes um and i'm not saying anybody thinks that i'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence but it's very subversive you know like you're in these groups and they're like they're just talking a lot about like family you know and the power of a good strong family and you're like right good right. well-founded family and you're like well they really are driving this point home you know i like families i like families yeah i'm good on families or like the world is ending and so they a lot of times it works like this where they get that in and there's something you agree on like a religious thing or the world is ending which is usually a religious thing or there's this need that exists and we're all going to work together to address this need. And then it just sort of yeah. like creeps up on you. And then suddenly you look at, you look and you're like, Oh my God, I'm a white supremacist um, in practice. And I'm not trying to excuse it at all, but I am saying that it's not always, it's not always top down, full transparency. Everybody's signing off on the dotted line. This is what we believe. That's all I'm saying. Right. And, you know, when you go over to Elohim City, who is, let me remind you, linked to the Oklahoma City bombing and and proudly um, ma- affiliated with the uh, Aryan nation, like that's not a thing they hide. They are overtly um, a part of the Christian identity movement. They will never... In in public now that obviously they use the N word like it's flowing water, but like in in public, they don't talk like that. They know better than that. And right. they will always tell you, oh, no, we're not racist. Like, we, you know, we we believe in heaven for everybody. Just, you know, everybody's different and there's different like right. they'll never say. And so it, I think it's easy even to be inside of it and go, oh, we're not we're not that bad. Like, right. You know, each to his own. Right. But but also like we're going to throw them in fiery pits. Anyway, I digress. It's it's a good it's point. an interesting slope and it's worth paying attention to because, as I've said before, this religion and this movement is very much alive and they're intentional about how sneaky they are. Um, and uh, so it's it's worth, you know, these people now are called followers of QAnon. And I don't mean that as like a jab at at nope. that weirdo group. It's a straight line. And we'll mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did how did normal people become followers of QAnon? Well, just like this. This it's is how. true. It's true. Um, all right. So purpose. The CSA believed that doomsday was imminent and a 224 acre compound 
<clears throat> that they'd acquired became a community for its members. There it trained its members in paramilitary operations. The group believed in white supremacy and it was also anti-Semitic. Like other prominent anti-Semitic groups, it believed in anti-Semitic tropes. It called the United States government Zog for Zionist occupied government. I thought that was another term for government when I was a kid. Zog. And again, yes. I just thought it was another way that you referred to the government. And again, my church wasn't in Christian identity, but it was a term I heard so much from these adults that circulated our church pretty regularly. I just right. thought like it was like a side way you could describe the government. <clears throat> I love um, that. I like really love that. Like it's a weird, obviously like this is just like a, a tiny piece. I, lo I don't love it in context, but I love it out of context because just what a, that sounds like something out of Toy Story, right? Like, <laughs> Zog? I, what? Really? I, the evil spa intergalactic space monster that we're fighting? If you I hear somebody it. say Zog, they're a fucking Nazi and you need to watch them. Right, right. Obviously, it's not. I don't think the name is cute. I don't yeah. like, obviously, obviously <laughs> I'm, not, FYI, guys. I'm not saying like, oh, and when they say Zog, it's like Toy Story. I'm not saying that in real life, but I am just like huh completely it's out of dumb. context that's yeah. hilarious yeah. yeah no it's silly it's silly because it's when silly you come down to it all this paramilitary bullshit is a game however i will say um csa predates ruby ridge in their standoff and so this was kind of our first government standoff and mm -hmm. we had not learned from ruby ridge yet that the government will slaughter you right they didn't make that point until Ruby Ridge. So CSA kind of thought they had more ground to stand on than they actually did, not having watched them murder right. a woman and her child yet. That really retrained us all. All right. So here we go. Um, there was a rift in CFA, CSA in 1982. Um, <laughs> their leader, uh, Ellison, took a second wife. And polygamy, polygamy has always been a part of Elohim City. And so polygamy became a part of... CSA. And when he took a second wife, about 30 people left and started the order, which is a terrifying Nazi camp uh, farther north. So um, that's that's how Ooh. that split occurred. OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. It says here, join the newly forming group, the order in Idaho. Oh, in Idaho. Oh, in Idaho. <laughs> I thought wow. it was Indiana, but it's Idaho. It's Idaho. Yeah. Well, we don't get mixed up for them often, but, it, you know, <laughs> well. the CSA initially professed that the United States government would dissolve due, due to a manifesto that they wrote called ATTACK, which is an anagram for Aryan Tactical Treaty for the Advancement of Christ's Kingdom, which declared <laughs> war on the government. They pre printed up a thing and declared war on the government. Guys, Mistake no. number one. Mistake you want your government wars to be secret, top secret. You don't print out the documentation for it. That's a no. That's like printing out your own warrant. You're correct. That's what that. you were printing. <laughs> You're printing a warrant. <laughs> With All your right. face on it. Yeah, uh, just start a secret government war quietly like the rest yeah. of us. Okay. Yeah. One of the group's leaders, Carrie Noble, stated, we are Christian survivalists who believe in preparing for the ultimate Holocaust. The Covenant's publicly disseminated literature advertised that it would, quote, build an ark for God's people during the coming tribulations and that the coming war is a step toward God's government. So that was that's kind of a wrap up of what they believe. Um, I I 
printed out a picture that I'm going to show to you, Amarin. Yes. So uh, they loved costuming, which, you know, I do appreciate. Love costuming. Um, so the women wore dresses and had long hair and the men wore military fatigues, like Ugh. a whole, whole bunch. They loved it because they're playing army, right? This is their jam. I just read you all the shit they Such found. Such a turnoff for me. I don't know why, it's but same, well, I actually know exactly why. It's because I grew up in... in um, the part of Missouri that I grew up, the bottom half of Missouri, where there were a bunch of guys, not necessarily, I want to clarify, not necessarily affiliated with any sort of Nazi situation. Yeah, sure. Just like young Christian evangelical men who thought like the coolest thing in the world was to go to army surplus stores and buy just the dumbest balloony pants they could find and belt them mm-hmm. up real tight, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. wear like the army boots and, but they wouldn't like join the army yeah, <laughs> because they were evangelicals, right? So anyway, it just it pisses me off. So just the thought of it, I was like, oh, a group of men wearing military fatigues that aren't in the military. It makes me mad too because I picture exactly these men. Um, but part of their outfit was a black beret, and part of their outfit was this patch, which I'm going to hold up for you to my little screen here. It's oh. a little patch. It's like in the shape of a seal. A shield and they would put not a seal a shield and they would put it on you know their little arm of their little little army costume but it's a, a picture of an upright flaming sword with a rainbow over it so I just want to say obviously that's a reference to like God's promises right, but right 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 Spoiler alert, my my parents-in-law grew out of this, and I like to think about my father-in-law, Gary Stone, having worn this particular patch with the flaming sword and the rainbow, which meant, like, death to all non-white people and we're ready for a battle with the government, is what the patch meant. But now we all recognize a rainbow as, like, LGBTQ, and nobody would love that more than my father-in-law because he... Uh, he ditched all this belief system and became like a very open, very liberal person. Uh, and he would be like, yes, see, we were always headed in the right direction. <laughs> he he believes the truth bears out. So he would be like, it. that's a sign that we actually would have gotten there. <laughs> like he would love the connection. All right. So operations, the Aryan Nations Congress developed a detailed strategy for carrying out their political and ideological aims at this time, which included the assassination of government employees, federal officers, and practitioners of Judaism, destruction of public utilities, gas, electrical, and water systems, and bombing of federal office buildings. Among the federal buildings listed was the Murrah building uh, that eventually was bombed by Timothy McVeigh, who had been staying at, say it with me, Elohim City. (laughs) Elohim City. I have to, as I do every, it's time for me to hit our imaginary podcast button where I say, let's talk about names. Um, And I say that I do love, I am so sorry to say they are doing a great job with the names. Oh, excellent. I'm really peeved to tell you that they're pulling an incredible name game. Like, oh, man, wasted on these. This movement. Nazis. These are great. Yeah, on these. I was going to say a more graphic version of that. But yes, on these (laughs) Nazis. um, Why can I not be from Elohim City? What a beautiful name out of context again. Right. Um, What a beautiful name. And I'm just furious about it. So please. If I were given a list of communes I could join and they were like the best names ever. And one of them was like Fluffy Marshmallow Land. Another another one was like Sparkly Rainbow Unicorn Town. Elohim City. I would be like, take me to Elohim City. Don't pass go. 
Don't pass go. Take me straight there. Except That's all for I in, want. In my mind, it's a it's a very very different place, near the opposite, probably. Of it is <laughs> everything you don't want. Okay, it's literally, just the it's everything they have on their banned list. We have in there. Yes, correct. All right. Okay. So further operations. CSA assassins monitored the homes of their targets. Practice. They were really radical. Um, uh, and just <laughs> whenever you so. Let's keep in mind that Elohim City is heavily connected with uh, not only the Aryan nations, they have been convicted of harboring people from the order who were uh, a team of bank robbers that were funding the Aryan nations. Uh, they are linked to the Oklahoma City bombings. That's Elohim City. When you talk to CSA people, invariably, when you bring up Elohim City, which we would call EC, when you bring up EC, they will roll their eyes and say, Ugh, we taught them everything they know. Ah, I see. <laughs> Elohim City radicalized CSA into racism. CSA radicalized everybody around them into aggressive violence against uh, any perceived threat, including the government. So mm. very interesting. All right. CSA assassins monitored the homes of their targets, practiced mock assassinations of these targets with scoped rifles and practiced attacks on a mock residential training facility on their compound, which was known as Silhouette City, where my ex-husband and his siblings played. Oh, the 20, the 224 acre property on Bullshows Lake, um, that the CSA operated until its collapse in 1985 was purchased mm -hmm. by Ellison. The CSA stopped making payments on the mortgage and on December 20th, the bank foreclosed. So yet again, white supremacists <laughs> pay your taxes, pay your land mortgage. This is always Waco didn't pay all their taxes. That really nabbed them in the end. Serial killers, check your brake lights. Use your signals. What are you guys doing out in these streets? Just yeah, missing the basics. This is like, I feel like you and I know this, but if, I don't even know if I should say this, but it's like, when you're breaking the law, the way to break the law is not break any other laws while Correct. you're breaking the law. That's the literal the one. only way to do it. You have to be the cleanest cut person you've ever yes. been when you're breaking the law. You need to Correct. be like, if I'm ever going to do anything even questionable, if I'm going to park in a spot that you're not supposed to park in, for instance, that's the kind of illegal activity I'm getting up to. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I got to put on a full face of makeup. Absolutely. Why? Because people will take me more seriously and they'll think that I'm a law abiding citizen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I assure you. No one asked me any questions about my illicit activity. Uh, but that's my tip. Yes. I assure you I wore my cheerleading uniform and jacket when I went on shoplifting sprees as a homeless teenager. It's the thing to do. This is also why whenever you protest or you go to a situation where you're going to be in direct face with authority right you do the same thing you go in your, mm -hmm. your work clothes um if you're a nurse you go in your scrubs if you're you know because yeah. that way it's harder for them to put you into a radical group and not see you as individuals um as a whole now Don't i will say this pr uh, protest uh 
O2, if you're in the O2 class, the yes. only time you would not do exactly what Amarin is saying and put on your Republican costume is if you are in a black block in which you would dress in all black, which does single you out for cops, but it also singles you out for solidarity with other people mm-hmm. in your group. So they will know if, if they see you getting nabbed to come over and physically rescue you, which makes for some great YouTube videos that I recommend watching. Okay, yes. back to it. Uh, Let's see. CSA stopped making payments on the mortgage and the bank foreclosed. However, the group squatted on the land, mounting regular armed patrols in an attempt to intimidate the local sheriff, who was intimidated and continually delayed their eviction. Ah. The parameter of the CSA's compound had 100, 200, and 300-yard indicator plates nailed to trees to allow the defenders to adjust their sights accordingly to engage attackers. They were really on it. They were Um, super on it. Yeah. Yeah. The central rallying point in the event of an attack was a concrete bunkhouse that housed communications radios next to the 95 foot tower, which was constructed for defense. The parameter of the compound had built in bunkers for one to three men and each bunker was numbered as a post. And it was also assigned to individual families as an area of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, They converted rifles to an illegal, illegal selective fire weapon. Uh, So basically, you can file down a firing pin and make uh, a weapon an automatic weapon, which is very illegal. Um, Members of the elite A-team wore pistols, which were fitted with integral silencers and several MAC-10 submachine guns in both 9mm and 45, also with attached suppressors. This is just their day-to-day. This is what they would walk around with. Yeah, cash. These men trained in the covert aspects of military action, and they were required to be at the core of the defense initiative. Certainly, my father-in-law was a part of this. Also, my mother-in-law was a part of this, unlike the other women at the farm. She's a badass, Mm -hmm. and I like her. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, uh, who just bumbles everything they touch, later determined that CSA had obtained 155 Krugerrands, one live light anti-tank rocket, 94 long guns, 30 handguns, 35 sawed-off shotguns, and machine guns, one heavy machine gun, and... C4 explosives. Within Silhouette City, the CSA also ran a boot camp style program, which was known as the End Time Overcomer Survivor Training School, uh, in which they trained outsiders in everything they were doing. Here, the group Mm -hmm. trained an estimated 1,500 like-minded Christian identity adherents in combat techniques and paramilitary exercises. The facility was festooned with targets. Okay. Serious trigger warning. Uh, if, If it upset... if this is going to mention minorities and how they oh, were okay. set up as targets here. So you can skip one minute um, if you don't want to hear that. The facility was festooned with targets which crudely barricade uh, caricatured black people, Jewish people, and police officers who wore the Star of David in lieu of badges. Oh. Because in oh. the Ozarks, they call it the, I'm not kidding, judicial system, spelled like J-E-W. It's a terrible oh, pun. They're no. real proud of it. It's awful. They CSA like didn't actually coin that. Another douchey racist up the road did, but it's super dumb. Um, yes. They the newly trained militants would leave and join militia groups elsewhere where uh, they taught their own militia groups what they learned from CSA. Mm-hmm. CSA and its paramilitary arm taught basic pistol and rifle use, as well as personal home defense, rural and urban warfare, weapons proficiency, general military field craft, and natural wilderness survival. In 1983, CSA members William Thomas, I'm going to pause right here because they don't bring this guy up again. So this guy, Bill Thomas is his name. They say William here, but 
I mean, I guess that's his real name. In 1983, CSA members Will Thomas, Richard Richard Wayne Snell, and Stephen Scott attempted to dynamite a natural gas pipeline, which crossed the Red River on its way from the Gulf of Mexico to Chicago. So they wanted to blow that up near winter so that they would cause instability and riots, hoping that that would uh, instigate the coming end times war. I see. Um, (laughs) Bill Thomas uh, spent a lot of time at my church because he married a woman in my church. um, And he was so divisive. I think that he led to the downfall and breakup of our church because we trafficked with lots of CSA members, EC members, Aryan nation people, because we were essentially trading weapons and also learning military stuff. And so um, we tolerated that to some extent. Um, But it was even as a child, it was clear to me that it was understood that these people had a, a racist ideology that we had a problem with and that they understood it was not our thing and they never brought it up. Right. So we all knew it was there. They never talked about it. That was understood. But this douchebag would come in every chance he got and just run his mouth and say the nastiest things. Um, And because he married a woman in our church, he had just shit tons of access to us. Eventually, they both left the church. But I think Mm -hmm. they were kind of the death knell for our own. It really because some people were like, oh, let's hear him out. And then the rest Uh, of the people were like, well, that's the last time we're going to have you over for dinner. Like, that's a clear line. And uh, as you might imagine, overt racism is a clear line for everybody. And you Mm -hmm. will line up on one side of it or the other. Right. So I guess in a way it's good that he did that because it's important. You know, we were in such a mushy gray area and racism is not a gray area. Um, So I guess maybe that forced split was necessary. Um, But it left me without any kind of structure or safety in my life. So Hmm. fuck off, Bill Thomas is what I have. He's not here anymore, so he doesn't care what I have to say. Um, Yeah. So that's that's that dude. Um, Yeah. So bombings many of the members of these organizations were seen traveling in and out of the compound oh so we're talking you know because csa was linked to aryan brotherhood the mountain church the order all of which are white supremacist organizations um these people came and went through csa doing doing training using it as a stopping point communing um after search of the compound was conducted several stolen vehicles including some belonging to the order were recovered so they they stole vehicles from the order oh good great um i just thought that was funny that's hilarious um let's see most of its most of csa's okay so in 1983 csa declared war on the u.s government publicly bad move however most of its attacks were on civilian targets starting with a failed arson attempt on the springfield missouri metropolitan community church Ah. So, mm-hmm. Soon afterwards, Richard Snell, an alleged member of CSA, was arrested for killing an African-American police officer. Snell was later tried uh, for killing a gun store owner in 1981. Uh, the serial number for his gun had been removed by a former CSA armorer. So, so a guy who dealt with the arms part of the community. So okay. also I filing see. off serial numbers for guns makes them murder weapons and super illegal you can't do that. Um, after the incident with Snell, now, so just fast forward, Richard Snell was convicted of these murders. He was put to death 
on the day that he was put to death is the day that Timothy McVeigh bombed the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, and that's oh. not an accident. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. see. I It yeah. clicked. In my, I see. Weird coincidences in life. So that's 419, 420 is this range, right? So just real quick, I think I touch on this later, but I'll just tell you now. Hitler's birthday, uh-huh. just a weird fact. Um, also, it's the day that CSA was raided. Also, it's the day that Waco was raided. Also, it's the day that um, Richard Snow was put to death. Wow. Who okay. was involved in the siege for CSA. Like he was a precursor, a reason for the siege. So and was at CSA. So all very interesting stuff. Um yeah. Later, mm. the FBI claimed that at all times it had an inside man in the CSA. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Also very interesting. So real quick, here's a timeline. 1983, CSA detonates uh, an explosive device attempting to blow up electric- electricity supplies for Fort Smith, Arkansas. Also 1983, the FBI and ATF noticed them. Because of their bombings and start Ah. paying close attention to them. 1985, a state trooper pulls over a van driven by David Tate, a member of the order who was headed to the CSA compound. Tate fatally shoots the officer, sparking a massive SWAT team search for Tate. Ultimately, this provides a catalyst for the FBI to obtain a warrant to search the CSA compound. Printing Um, a warrant. Yes, which they did. 1985, still members of CSA are charged with and convicted of numerous acts of terrorism. this led to the standoff between the feds and CSA in 1985 post that uh, CSA dissolved um, long after in 1995, actually only 10 years later, Ellison completes his uh, prison sentence and moves to Elohim city um, where he marries the granddaughter of the founder, pastor Millar, the head of the compound, Richard Snell, formerly a close associate of the community is executed by means of lethal injection. On the day of the bombing. Okay. All right. Now we're at the siege. So what happens is that the FBI puts out a warrant. They want to, one, arrest Jim Ellison, and they want to, two, uh, search the property. That's what the warrants are for, right? So first, Jim Ellison says, no, I'm not coming out. And then they've got all of these families on the property, so they can't, and they're heavily armed, so they can't just go in and search the property, right? So. Right. What happens is um, the property is partly backed by like creeks and part of a lake. Um, that's edges part of their property. So, and they know that their land is booby trapped. They know that they've got gauges for how far out people go so they can shoot really accurately. So they're, mm-hmm. they're real conscious and coming in. They come in in the middle of the night. And what they do is that people fish in the public waterways down there. So it's not weird for boats to be in the water, even though... Uh, they're not members of CSA. So they posed as fishermen and they, my ex used to tell this story. He was like, they came up out of the water. Like it is fucking terrifying. So they were pretending to be fishermen pre-dawn and around 530 in the morning when two uh, CSA people were making their security rounds, they came up out of the water and leveled their guns and said, go get Jim Ellison. We have a warrant for him. So that's how the standoff started. Okay. Very, very badass. I just have to call that coming up out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) Not usually one to give credit like this, but geez. Yeah. So it says an officer yelled commands to return to the compounds to the guards with which the guards complied. Uh, They informed Ellison that the FBI agents were outside and willing to negotiate his surrender and the 
and the emptying of the compound. FBI negotiators convinced Ellison that the CSA would certainly lose if a firefight broke out. Um, Carrie Noble was second in command at the time. So he kind of did the negotiating between Jim Ellison and uh, uh, the feds. Carrie Noble notoriously changed his mind and became like kind of a fighter for good and truth after this. Um, and so he he wrote extensively about this experience. And when you read his writings, he's like, oh, Jim was such a dick. Like, why couldn't he just surrender and not make us all be in a compound siege? Amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Um, the raid involved more than 300 law enforcement officers and resulted in the seizure of all the things I listed before. Um including potassium cyanide. The CSA intended to use the potassium cyanide to poison the water supply of several large cities in order to expedite the coming of the second Messiah. Um, the property actually consists, and my, my mother-in-law has talked about this too, consists of three separate locations. So it's a large property and they basically have three separate settlements. So every, so the families live in one of three different little kind of towns, right, on the property. Um, those were identified as the Valley Compound, the Plateau Compound, and the Main Compound. All individuals re- residing in all of these compounds had already been pulled into the Main Compound for their safety as soon as the, they realized they were being raided. Mm. Um, Ellison requested that he be allowed to talk to the founder of Elohim City um, as he was deliberating whether or not he would give himself up. Um, but he told the FBI that he he pretty early on... So the siege lasted four days. Um, and in that time, he did negotiate to leave but he couldn't he could command his people and his people were like yeah we're not really initially csa was ready to fight they were armed to the teeth they were waiting for this they were all about it especially all these men in their costumes with their berets on right and by the way my ex has adorable childhood pictures of himself in a little camo outfit with a little black beret on oh no (laughs) oh my his pudgy little cheeks (laughs) so adorable adorable. so yeah so they're all in their full (laughs) costumes they're so excited to get their war But what they believed was going to happen was that all of their network of Aryan Nation little bitches would come out and defend them. They it never occurred to them that these thousands of people they trained and prayed with would totally fucking leave them hanging in the wind when it came down to a government siege. And in fact, the pastor at Elohim City cooperated with the feds and talked Ellison into surrendering. He was right to do that, but it's interesting that that's not the game they talk. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I really, I found that interesting, but here's the problem. So after a couple of days, they're exhausted from way too much cortisol, right? (sighs) Uh, They've got kids that they're worried about They're You know, it's, it's two thirds kids and women, Right. And my mother in law was part of the artillery, but the other women weren't. You know, So like uh-huh. they, it's wearing on them and they are realizing two things. God didn't save them and they really thought he would. And their friends didn't save them and they really thought they would. So now they're like now they can understand the math and the math just doesn't work out. Right. Like it does. You can't outgun the government. How many times do we have to say it? So 
uh, at that point, James Ellison says, or Jim Ellison, it says James in all the paperwork, but Jim Ellison says, um, okay, I would, I would be happy to surrender at this point and my people will walk out with me, but not everybody on this property is my people. Some of these people are wanted Aryan nation members who will not surrender and I can't tell them what to do. They are not members of my church. They're, they're not coming out and they will fire back. So it's irrelevant that he's willing to surrender because these people won't surrender. Right. So that takes they would have surrendered halfway through. um, But the negotiations broke down because he had no ability to negotiate for these other wanted Nazis on the property who, again, Nazis being Nazis, were willing to make a bunch of women and children continue in an armed government siege because they didn't want to go to court. Amazing. Also, if you're so good at wood survival, sneak the fuck out, Nazis. I thought that you had national forest survival down pat. So that's what I the, heard. What's the deal? It seems like you guys aren't so survivalisty now that you need yeah. to survive. <laughs> yeah. Word yeah. on the street was what I read on the bathroom wall was that you guys are a bunch of badasses, Nazis. And that's because you wrote it there. So, yeah, it sounds to me like you guys might need to stop bitching and uh start a revolution that's right (laughs) (laughs) that was not accomplished here um finally what happened was that uh jim ellison and his and the members of csa did agree to walk out um on day four so at at 10 30 a.m jim ellison and all of the males who had been present in the csa compound including oh redacted sorry i'm reading an fbi file uh including redacted walked out of the csa compound down the road toward the fbi uh command post where they surrendered themselves to fbi authorities um the evacuation of the compound and the removal of the women and children took a considerable amount of time and effort um but was done peacefully no shots were fired um the two uh, men who were not willing to surrender took longer to negotiate off the farm, but were easier to negotiate off when they didn't have a bunch of fucking human hostages around them. So, right. yeah. So after Ellison was released from prison, he moved to Elohim City, where he mil- married Millar's granddaughter. Uh, yeah. So that that was that. Here are the charges brought against them post post uh, excitement. Sorry, my papers are glued together. (laughs) In federal court, Ellison and most of CSA's leaders were charged with illegal weapons possessions and racketeering. In September 1985, Ellison, Carrie Noble, and four other CSA members, Gary Stone, that's my father-in-law, Timothy Russell, Rudy Lowen, and David Giles, who has a lovely daughter whose wedding I attended, Mm. were sentenced to serve lengthy federal uh, prison terms. Uh, Of course... Ellison, as soon as he got in, turned state's witness and testified against other Aryan nation people and got a much shorter sentence. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't usually see, so love a rat, but love it in this circumstance. I know. it's. I have mixed feelings. Ellison love received, this rat. Um, <laughs> right? Ellison received a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison in 1987. Ellison, that's, you'll recall, just a few years after the raid. Ellison was released after he agreed to testify against the leader and six senior members of the Aryan nations. Wow. <laughs> yes. Um, Yikes. <laughs> I want to say this before we go any farther. My father-in-law, who um, who was sentenced to prison and did go to prison with the other leaders of CSA, 
um, which meant that his wife had to raise five children in poverty with no home after he left. Um, So she initially went over to Elohim City, but only long enough that they kind of helped her get back up on her feet, like weeks, Um, got her a little bit of start out money, got bond money for Gary, um, and then, you know, raised five kids in poverty by herself while her husband was in prison. Um, So... Wow. That was a tough, and I'm sure that's the story of every other woman whose husband also went to prison. Some of our men went to prison as well for parts they had taken in this, uh, not, not in this, not in the standoff, but in, in some of the bombings that they had attempted. Mm -hmm. Um, and also because our houses were communal, um, like our church owned several houses in the city and several people and families would live there. So they hid people from this problem um, and went to prison for that. So Mm. we were affected by this uh, kind of as like collateral damage. That makes Um, sense. Yeah. Um, But, but what I wanted to say about my father-in-law is that when, um, when court came, um, each of these people stood up and proclaimed their allegiance to their movement, denied their charges, um, and were just kind of like continuing to be dicks about it. My father-in-law stood up and said, I did all of the things that I'm charged with. It was a bad idea. Mm. I, I understand that I made the wrong choices. I denounced this belief system. Not entirely. He didn't break from it entirely, but he did say sure. like, this was a, we had evolved into something bad. I did something bad. I did everything you're telling me I did. You can go ahead and sentence me. Um, and I believe for that, he actually got like kind of a lower sentence, but that's, he, listen, my father-in-law was a man of integrity. He died a few years ago. He was covered in tattoos from that part of his life, um, which sort of metaphorically contributed to his ill health in his later years because Mm. homemade tattoos are not healthy. Um, Also, maybe having really hateful symbols on your body isn't healthy, and I'm sure you'd agree with that. But I say Mm. that to say this is a person who went through a government raid. That's how dedicated he was to his belief systems. He lived on this farm for years. He did everything for this community he was a leader in this community and was covered in tattoos to tell everybody that saw him this is what his belief system was and it's a real staunch stand to take Mm. um over time after he got out of prison grappling with these beliefs um and was fairly broken and in addiction for a while but he got himself to the other side of that and and with tattoos that said exactly who he was, he was able to say, I was 100% wrong. I love all people. God loves all people. He was nothing but kind and open and quite liberal, uh, as is my mother-in-law. Hmm. Wow. Even even with tattoos on him to constantly tell people, hey, look how I, I was really wrong, right? Like, I just think most, especially men, wouldn't be willing to just constantly say how wrong they were and wouldn't be just wouldn't be willing to change their minds, even if they saw the writing on the wall, because they can't admit that. I think that he was strong and of a good heart. Truly seems quite groundbreaking to me. I mean, just in comparison to the other people that went through the same process, right, was not the common response or reaction. And 
Yeah. I don't know. It takes it takes a it takes a really big person and a humble person to admit that they have been caught up in something really wrong. You know, it's way easier to stay in denial and just be like, no, I'm right. You just don't understand me. You just don't understand yeah. what's up with me, you know, and you can even lie to yourself about that, you know, and tell everybody they just don't I understand. Think do. I, think I think people, people do. And I think people do all the time. Themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he could have really held on to some street cred, you know, like, yes, mm-hmm. I took part in an armed surrection. He could have been revered by this group of assholes for the rest of his life. And instead he turned his back. Mm-hmm. And had to make his own way. Even financially, he had to make his own way. You know, like he had to raise his five kids. He had to teach his kids he'd been wrong. You know, um, I just think it's worth mentioning. So uh, we'll go into the aftermath a little bit. Uh, post everybody's everybody's out of prison now. Um, everybody's kind of living their lives now. Um, you know, when I talked to my mother-in-law, she, she said that thing that I started out with about how people um, – you know, only they only ever talk about the siege and the supremacy. So I want to say a few things that she pointed out to me, which is that, you know, from especially the women's perspectives, these are women who are part of an Aryan nation's church. I'm not pretending that they weren't sure from their perspective. I'd say 98 percent of their focus is the fact that these were women living off the grid entirely. They mostly did not have electricity um, mm. in their house in in the stone family's house, which is like all the other CSA houses, no electricity um, or minimal. I think they did have a refrigerator, but they only had kerosene lamps for light. They only had a wood stove for cooking, right? Like a, a actual wood cook stove. So that's how she did all her, she still had this, it was the coolest stove and she still misses it. You know, she's like, Oh, I miss cooking on my wood stove and I miss just having kerosene light, you know? And my, uh, we always had kerosene lamps. We still have them on the table in our house. And I always tried to do that for my husband because it was, it was familiar and felt good to him Mm. because much like living in my own weird cult, it was structured. It was familial. It felt good. You felt sacred. You felt safe. You were in your community. So my mother-in-law was also the uh, midwife for the group. Mm. So she was like always birthing babies. You know, they had a school on the property. They're teaching like classrooms of kids in all the grades. So like they're teaching classes for the children all day. They're keeping the homes. They're dealing with like they carry their water to their home every day like it's mm-hmm. it Serious is subsistence homing. yeah so they're they're homesteading um so i think that's relevant uh also later the csa made their living by like robbing and pillaging um mm. but initially the csa Raiders. made their labor by cutting cedar timber on their own land and processing it and selling it so the bulk of what the men were doing pre this craziness which was a short and fast ramp up what they were doing was cutting timber and processing it while the women were hauling water and cooking bread in wood stoves. So mm. that's actually a lot of what was actually happening on the ground. Now, when they went okay. radical, a whole lot of their time was spent in military training because the world was going to end real fast and they like had to be super ready for it. Um, you know, my mother-in-law said that um, they all had food stamps, so they ate real, real well, which is true. If you've ever been on food stamps, they're the best. And so if all the families have food stamps, they can go and then imagine you're pooling your resources, right? So they just had a great supply of food all the time, which was really nice for them. Um, they, She said, we went to church all the darn time. 
which I'm sure All is true. All the darn time. <laughs> <laughs> at House of Prayer, we, you know, I went to the school at the church, obviously, and we didn't have school on Mondays because we were at church so late on Sundays that no one could be expected to have school on Mondays. Right. Um, so they were in church a lot. In church, they wore their military outfits um, and they did church like you and I are used to church, speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. laying of hands, but it felt extra sacred to them. You know, I wrote down something that she said that I thought was really beautiful. She said, um, you know, they they went through, okay, for example, they had a very traumatic event on the farm that really shocked them because they thought that God would, she said, we really thought we were actually immortal, right? Like they thought that God was protecting them in a supernatural way. So did my church. Probably right. so do most churches, you know? I think so. Um, and they were really surprised that anything bad and devastating could come to them. Um, but when things did, it really bonded them. They all lived together. They felt their losses together. And she said, that kind of stuff bonds you. You grow with people and it connects you at a cellular level. And that becomes sacred and holy. Which I can understand, you know? Uh-huh. So um, that's kind of, that was the the day-to-day on their farm was mostly just you know, uh, oh, she said they didn't celebrate the quote pagan holidays like Christmas and Easter. Neither did my church. They did celebrate Passover and they did the whole thing where they slaughter a lamb and they put blood on the door. So did my church. Um, did your church do that, Amron? Um, no, not that. Part. Okay, no, See, that, that's for you. <laughs> this is where I do, I do know about. I'm all familiar with the concept, yeah. of course, and why you would do. I but I just never that never happened with us. I thought you'd say yes because I thought that's what almost everyone does on Passover, but I thought I'd ask. I, honestly, <laughs> it sounds kind of fun, uh, but no, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. Uh, they celebrated the Feast of ta- Tabernacles. They had big conventions where other churches would come in and have great times together. So did our church. So we went back and forth. Uh, and then she said, uh, you know, I don't know. We let the men be in charge. That was the really... That was a problem. <laughs> and I think she was right. Uh, she true. also said that, you know, the women in particular and even the men who weren't at the top really didn't learn about the bulk of this Ill- illegal activity until charges were brought and they were already off the farm. Right. So the vast majority of people, again, I'm not pretending they didn't know what their religion was, but they didn't know that people were like out killing other people and out blowing up things. So they're, there was legit deniability there. Um, I don't know. You know, it's just complicated. I know that my uh, family-in-law really misses their life there. They look at it nostalgically. They look at the breakup of their farm with pain, but they have disavowed the religion entirely. Um, and so then that leads me to say this. There is a church now that that exists for former members of all three of these groups. It's It's here in the Ozarks. My son goes there. Mm-hmm. I am I am shunned, which I don't like. But um, they are people who have left those three specific communities and come out to right. make their own community specifically because they want everything from the church experience except for the racism. Um, so I think I've said this before, too. Like they are I would call them all lives matter people, mm. which again, isn't a gray area for me. And like, hey, that's where your level of racism is, right? And it's a blind spot for them that I have not been able to talk them past. And I'm sure it's why it was easy to shun me. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's as far as they can get. Although 
they literally came out of the religion of white supremacy. So kudos for getting as far as you did. I hope they get farther. They consider themselves very liberal to be able to say all lives matter. Um, mm. No, it's they're wrong. Um, they're wrong. I had to I had to laugh just a little because, you know, snorkel I all think you want. They're wrong. We all we all would like to maybe see less of the all lives matter uh, situation. One hundred percent less is the math I'm going for. I like um, that. But but my point isn't actually to say, look how great they are. It's actually to say it's interesting to see a person raised steeped in racism. Now, my in-laws weren't raised steeped in racism, so it was easy for them to be like, whoa, that was too far. Let me get the fuck out of that. Right. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But the people raised it. This church is mostly populated by people my age. It is entirely, Hmm. almost entirely uh our generation and we are the children of these people. Right. Um, and so it's interesting to see when people are raised steeped in racism, kind of the, the tether that they've got on them and how far away, but not far away from, from racism they can mm. get. Right. If that makes sense. I actually, I, it does make a lot of sense. I think that's well said. Yeah. It's just an interesting, so at the end of this, uh, Carrie Noble ended up writing prolifically and speaking prolifically for years about kind of the culture of hate that he found himself in and, and how wrong that was and how he got there and how to talk other people out of being there. He is naturally banned from Elohim City. <laughs> Can't go there. Um, he died recently. Um, and that's a loss of the world because he was very loving and very willing Mm -hmm. to educate people. Um, He actually worked with the FBI as a hostage negotiator. He helped negotiate at Waco later. Um, Hmm. Really? That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. um, Yeah. He worked a lot with the FBI in helping to negotiate with hostage situations and particularly with people in kind of culty settings. Very cool. Yeah. That's so, I love um, that. I've always found that job to be so fascinating. Truly one of the most important and unbelievably challenging jobs that I could ever imagine somebody doing, you know, in terms of for pressure. sure. So my, crazy. My mouth keeps me out of that line of work for sure. Yeah. Um, I need to be a lot older and wiser. <laughs> um, he, uh, he wrote a book just recently called teach us how to pray. And it's just different cultural versions of the Lord's prayer. Huh. And my mother-in-law was saying that, um, she convinced him to put one of the like she has a favorite Lord's Prayer. It's a it's the First Nations Lord's Prayer. And she told me about it. It sounds really beautiful. I recommend looking it up. Um, hmm. But she talked him into putting her favorite Lord's Prayer into his book. So I thought that was really sweet and nice. Um, I did ask her, you know, what what would you say about people who m- my my understanding of of people who left CSA is that they pretty quickly disavowed the religion. Um, but stayed very loyal to their community as a community of people who they love. Right. Right. Um, I have spent many countless hours with my mother-in-law because I really adored her um, at her house with other former women members Mm. while we were like almost, we were like canning stuff or processing peaches or whatever it was. And they would be talking about old times and it's just, you're talking about a commune you lived in with other people. So they would talk, tell stories. Here, I'm going to tell you right. one of the stories that I really Please. like. Please. She was a midwife. Okay. And uh, 
they were uh, the women were helping deliver a baby on the property mm-hmm. and the woman was taking a long time to like transition, which is the hardest part of birth was taking a really long time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the woman was very vocal, you know, yelling and, and which is bad for transition, but so they could really hear her suffering. And so they decided to pray and lay hands on her and pray for her. And one of the women said, uh, Oh Lord, please just take this suffering and pain from our sister and just put it on us. And then another woman said, "No, God, just take it. Take it, Lord. <laughs> you don't have to put it on us." <laughs> now that's a wise woman. That's a woman that's felt the pain of labor right there. She knows what she's talking about. You know, that's hilarious. There's no need for the second part. <laughs> yeah, no, I learned. Yeah, I I learned about that a long a long time ago as well. And yeah, yeah. there's. Don't no need to wish that upon yourself until it's your own time. <laughs> no, God, just take it. Just take just it. Just take it, God. That's fine. Thanks so much. Okay. <laughs> wow. But just little things like that. You know, they have a million funny, sweet stories from a time when they were raising their children together and they were living together. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just my heart. My looks. heart do crave it. My heart does crave that that kind of thing. Obviously, in a totally different setup. But I am out here looking to. I don't know. I'm always sending my picture, my friends pictures of like large swaths of land and saying like, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> this is like the kind of plot of land that you could live within five miles of me for. What do you think? We could all just trade stuff all the time. I'm a yes. Um, yeah. So, so that, that church now that's, that's here consists of people who left these three groups just, wanting to leave the racism but to keep the culture of closeness and community and and the worship the way that they worship which is still speaking in tongues and dancing and all those things Mm -hmm. Um, it is an interesting church in that they're still very like we're more sacred than you it's just not based on race now it's just based on like by virtue of them being who they are Mm. because they were all kind of royalty in their churches like they're oh they're all born from the leader and they you know so it's really interesting um you know, one of the women there really broke up my marriage and like, Oh, it's, <laughs> oh. it's cool for everybody because like she's fucking sacred and I'm less sacred because my church didn't have an armed standoff with the feds. Right. So like mm. I'm literally just way lower on their religious totem pole um, than say my ex and this girl. Right. That so like sense. it literally they can do anything and they're they're sacred. It doesn't they can spend 20 years murdering people and wow, they're oh. still sacred. I'm not okay. no, that's not a real thing, but they could. Right. You're just saying like they, li- they actually really there is no limit to their um, ability to abuse the system. <laughs> so. Yeah. And they're real good at shunning people like cults are uh, that same mean girl. Bitch, you know who you are. Um, that same mean girl. Uh, after my ex kind of declared me shunned and everybody stopped talking to me. Yes. Um, very soon after someone from his family was getting married and having um, like a, a shower there and I loved her and I wanted to, I wished I could be there. Well, this girl who I thought was my friend invited me. And Uh-oh. so, okay. Right. So I thought, Oh, they're my friends. They invited me to the shower. They know I love this girl. They know I'm so glad. I'm I miss them. You know, this is kind of still while everything's up in the air and I don't realize yet right. like, <laughs> that I'm I'm as shunned as I am. And so I go like a lamb to the slaughter. 
I go with my little present. I want to say, you know, congrats to this girl. Um, and it's a fucking trap, right? Because everybody yeah. is, and it's on this girl's piece of property at the place. Um, so mm. it's the gathering place is at the bottom of a hill next to a pretty creek and there's woods all around. So you're, you're trapped in this little amphitheater bottom. And then the entrance to get down to the party is to walk down a very long 10 minute walk staircase in full view of everybody at the bottom of the hill. Right. Okay. So that's the only way in and out. So, <laughs> so I'm not liking where this is going at all. That was awful. is mounting. <sighs> yep. So like I start to walk down the stairs to all of the kids of CSA and EC and Asbrare and they're real good shunners. And I don't know yet that I'm actually like, right. fully out. I think these are still people that I love and who love me. And they're just they've been a little awkward because of the split. Right. That's where I think I'm at. But I'm invited. I'm specifically invited. So I thought that meant I was invited. So I, I start right. to walk down the staircase. I see the entire party of people look up at me and stop speaking all at once. Their mouths are open. They're glaring at me. It's like the worst scene from the worst Mean Girls movie you could ever. And now I'm trapped on the staircase on the side of the hill in full view. Literally, I can run away or I can just finish the walk of shame. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now I'm just walking for another five minutes you know, and right. everyone is just silent and staring at me. And I get to the bottom and I'm like in tears of humiliation. And I hand the gift to the girl and I said, you know, uh, I just wanted to bring you this gift and congratulate you. I'm going to go now. And she was like, uh, OK, thanks. And I realized like this bitch trapped me like they're so it was so anyway, I, that was not a necessary story, I guess. But I say it to say, like, even though this is a church that has disbanded from that, and even though, like, they're trying really hard to be mainstream and loving, and I really loved those people, and I really loved being a part of that church, um, the, uh, they're real good at being culty still. I fair. Fair. Yeah. Um yeah. Like my, my son goes there and it's like I never existed. Wow. So wow. I don't love it. No, yeah. that wouldn't be something <laughs> to love. Yeah. Very negative. It's interesting. It's just an interesting dynamic. Um, mm. My mother-in-law did say, you know, I did ask her like, so post that, how many CSA members really just quickly dropped the racism and Christian identity? And she said most of them did pretty quickly. And she said at this point, the ex-members are either aggressive Democrats or their aggressive QAnon. It's one or the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I hate it. I hate to hear the QAnon thing. I live in Idaho. I see the cues. They're everywhere. I. Cool. We have them. I don't like it. Well, it's a straight line from groups like the CSA. So shout out to, um, People who have lived in inside of cults who have made it out and made it with their love and their hearts and their minds intact. And shout out to my in-laws who I love. Um, but and thank you for letting us talk about you. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you from me. We really appreciate the specific 
I really appreciate. I know Jesse does, but you know her. Um, I really <laughs> appreciate you letting us take a deeper dive into looking into this if you ever listen to it. And it's very important to attach real stories to situations like this. It makes them real. Yeah. So nonetheless, CSA, real wackadoo at the at the peak there. I think they score high points for wackadooiness. Uh, at their peak. Now, would I join the cult at the beginning when it was Zarephath Horeb? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I'd have been all up in it um, because I love that denim skirt and I love that home-baked bread and I love those midwives. Ooh, also, I love a midwife. Yep. last thing, the second date that I went on with my would-be husband, he showed me a picture from a newspaper article. I think I've told you about this before. Have I? I don't know. Tell me again. It was a picture from a newspaper article about the siege, and it was a picture of uh, there was a point where they did like the women walked some of the children off the property to like let them get off of the siege, even though the adults weren't leaving yet. So it's a little bit of a truce to walk the kids off. So it's mm-hmm. a picture of my beautiful mother-in-law with her long hair and her long skirt. Oh, She's yes. got my ex-husband in one hand, little chubbers, and uh, one of her daughters in the other hand, I think his older sister. And uh, she's got like <laughs> rifles crossed over her back and handguns and ammunition across her front. And I was like, this is going to be my mother-in-law. You're going to need to like me. Iconic. I love this woman. <laughs> and even though I am, uh, even though, there's a lot of separation between me and that group now and it's hurtful and, and including my ex and his siblings. Um, my mother-in-law has, and my father-in-law never stopped reaching out to me and loving me. And I appreciate it. Mm. Um, all that said, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the CSA. Amarin, wackadooiness. Would you join this cult? No, 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 no. Nope. They wouldn't get me at any angle. I thought about this. critically. I was like, I was like, where is there like, is there a barrier to entry that I can identify that uh, comes later on in the process? And I wasn't sure, but I really, I was thinking about it as you were talking. Now, I want to say that I too am very in to the image that you described of like, powerful woman strapped up with the babies. I love the home baked bread. I love the midwifery scene, of course. Um, shout out to midwives. But I I can't I can't do the um the other stuff. I'm and I I I am not a person that can do a half-hearted thing we've talked about this but i just was really profoundly affected as a child by that don't be lukewarm bible verse i guess you know i'd rather you yeah, be yeah, hot yeah. or cold i don't want Absolutely. you to be lukewarm i'll spit you out of my mouth i'll yep. spit you out of my mouth and i i have applied that to my entire life whether or not i should have um and i my thing is like you got to be all in so i respect that they're all in as we've talked about before on some yeah, level that's a good point same but at the same time I could not go all in in this way. I would not be able to. I would. Um, I'm not trying to flex on myself here, but I'm pretty good at identifying um, as a as someone that's worked a lot with speaking and writing. Right. I'm pretty good at identifying shifts in tone and linguistic choices that are actually like hiding other comments yes yeah 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 i'm actually pretty good at that the sort of thing that happens a lot same same yeah you also strike me as the type and so i say this really to say that 
I, w- I, I'm not trying to brag, but I don't think I would be one of, unless I was in it very early, I think it would be very hard to mislead me about what was going on with the group. Um, oh yeah. I think I would very much be like, okay, so this is a Nazi group is the deal. Yes. We're yeah. Nazis. And I couldn't, <laughs> I can't do that. You know, I, I'm not trying to make myself sound like a real saint here, but I just can't allow it. It's, it's a no for me, Jesse. No. And that's yeah. an easy no for me too. I'm literally course, talking about like before this came in at right. all, at right. all. Of um, course. And I hear those keywords too, you know, like I, I'm really honed to read people's outfits, yes. you know, like, oh, your hair's in a religious ponytail, not a regular ponytail, you know, yes. I, and, and people's code words and people use those words on purpose. So it, they're not they hard to miss. Um, no. I enjoy being able to read them and I'm not down for some Nazi shit. I, in fact, Never. I was just at the hardware store in a uh, little Nixa. Oh, which is a little little town right next to Springfield a couple weeks ago. I was buying like a million pounds of rocks. And, uh, and so I was in line behind this dude who had a fucking swastika tattooed on his fucking calf. And I was like, hey, is that a fucking swastika on your calf? <laughs> and he Fair. was like, yeah, he basically was like, fuck you, bitch, and walked out. Of course and, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then to the cashier, I was like. Did you see that swastika on his Did fucking calf? Did you see the person in here that had a swastika on his calf? And yeah. the cashier, like, was completely nonplussed. She was like, I, I guess. Like, what do you mean you guess? He can't you buy grass guess? seed. <laughs> you guess? Yeah. No grass see, seed for you, Nazi. That just isn't going to work. That just isn't going to work. Like, I, yeah. And I'm not, like, I'm one of those gals. And Jesse, you know this of me and my friends know this of me. Like, if I feel it, it's on my face. If I feel yes. it, it is on my face. So if I see you and we're in line at the drive through as I've talked about before, and you got a big old queue uh, with the American flag as the coloring of the queue yeah, which is right, super sure. disrespectful to Makes our country yeah. um, but fine you know go off I guess King yeah um, you got that on the back windshield I am gonna be sort of like gesturing at you right I'm gonna be looking at you and like and I and I know this is dangerous if my father heard that I was doing this he would have a conniption this is he would one time I told a young man to not speak to me the way that he did online. And my dad was terrified that man was going Aww. to like find me, you know, which is well, fair. It's a legit concern. It's a legit concern. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. And I, I, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like Jesse and I, I feel like you and I, we're Missouri girls and we're bottom half Missouri. We're scrappers. We're serious women. Yes. And we're willing to call out a Nazi. Anytime yes. we would, anytime we need to, because we were raised there, like we were forged in the fires of yes, Southwest we come Missouri, from the baby. Rocky Creek hills and haulers of the Ozarks. That's and right. We will fight you and a possum at the same time. That's and then we'll have the possum for dinner. Yeah. You can't stop us. Okay. Or we'll tame There's, it and it'll be our familiar. That's exactly right. Actually, that would be better because they're very, very cute. Um, but are. I did kind of want to lean into the redneck trope a little yeah. bit there because <laughs> it scares people. But like, yeah, I my dream is that women of privilege um, like you and I for, yes. w- of course, we have we all have privileges. But, you know, women of privilege 
we just get increasingly more feral until every time a Nazi is seen or a person acting out of line towards anyone in a marginalized group. That's exactly what we do. We just start screaming at them. You know, <laughs> we're just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You stop that right now. You know, I was, and- I was like, get the fuck out of this hardware store. You can't buy grass seed with the rest of us. Right. Because because if you do choose to do something to me. Like I, the people will be on my side. I don't know if you see me, but I'm just like a lovely little little gal, you know. Right. And they'll be like, "She didn't say anything inflammatory." No, she didn't. You know, like so. Go ahead. So go ahead. I'm not that attached to the way that life is for me right now. Anyway. I'll tell you who's picked church and street fights with anybody who seems a little bit Nazi esque. My mother-in-law and I, as a team. Yes, yes, yes. See, that's We've what it's many all times about. Gotten real mouthy, so. Yeah, no, I and I we're just we're, we're it's a slightly off topic, so I'm not going to go on about it anymore. But I will never stop supporting women, especially women in positions of privilege, weaponizing that privilege um, mm. into being just complicit, quiet. Yes, being demure. Um, no, into being rebels, into being loud and obnoxious and calling that stuff out and utilizing your privilege in a way that makes these people who have been too comfortable for too long get a little shaken up, you know? Yep. You don't expect me to talk because a lot of people haven't, you know? A lot, of yep. pe- a lot of young ladies haven't, but not at my Wendy's, sir. No. <laughs> no. That was I a long answer to me saying I will not be joining. Uh, okay. The, the, You're not joining uh, this covenant, the sword the and the arm of the Lord. CSA, the CIA. Um, not, it, not Also, different. no. I won't be joining the CIA either, to be very clear. And almost, I almost say that with the same yeah, intensity. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another time. But I, I won't be joining either of these terrorist organizations um, <laughs> anytime soon. The government does have me on a watch list now. So please, um, yeah. Turn off the podcast, um, FBI agent assigned to me. (laughs) When they had those no-fly lists uh, post 9-11, some friends of mine who are a couple wanted to fly somewhere, and one of them was flagged as a no-fly, but the government wouldn't even tell them which one it was. So it's just like an ongoing couple debate for them now uh, as to who it is. Yeah, who's the who's the no flyer? <laughs> I love that, and for me, it would sort of be a competition to see how we could get you know the other one on the <laughs> yeah on the no yeah. fly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah, for me, it's a it's a just a no. It's a no, no, no. Um, mm-hmm. We I know Jesse is one of my favorite friends that I've quoted. Obviously, other people have said this, but that she's big on punching Nazis. This has come up quite a few times um, in this podcast. It's a way I relax is to watch the YouTube videos. Yeah, it makes her feel at peace. Um, Just so everybody knows, I am the same chaotic person. I like to go online. I let myself do this recently for International Women's Day. I logged online and I just harassed men in the National Football League's comments. Um, oh, I saw that. I saw that you were doing that on your social needs. <laughs> yeah, I decided to let myself have a moment, a break, and just just uh, harass men. Now, not all men, um, just the sexist ones, uh, which is well, enough. You know, That's figure, enough. That's figure that out. It kept me busy. So, I mean, <laughs> and if you think I'm lying, yeah, just go on the internet once. Um, but yeah, I too, yeah, I don't like this energy. I I reject it. I do love the empowered woman energy. And what I would like to see is a separation of these two things. That's what I'm building to is I'd like to see your mother-in-law strapped up with the kids, all that. 
I want that to exist in a world independent from all of the other Racism. stuff. So yes. that was my follow-up question. If my mother-in-law... Yes. <laughs> hypothetically, if my mother-in-law and I start our own armed, family-oriented, okay. yeah. uh, badass girl militia, uh-huh. I'm just total... Call me Cheryl. Uh, <laughs> hypothetically, will you join that cult with us? Yes, Cheryl, I will. <laughs> I will. Yeah. See that I'm in for. If it again, yes. If it's it, like I, we've talked about a lot of female-run cults, um, mm-hmm. but we've talked about a lot of female-run cults that have basically been women that are skin suits of men. Um, yes. I, yes. It's, it's not fully true. Obviously, there's still women, and I'm not trying to remove their womanhood. Uh, some of them do deserve to have it revoked. Um, I'm not the authority on that. We'll leave that to to, the, to God. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would be all in. I love women. Same girl. Okay, uh, Miss Stone, give me give me a call, and uh, we'll talk about this off the air. Well, uh, yeah, you know, just send us a very casual, unrelated message and we'll add you to the group mean. <laughs> uh, public service announcement. We are not uh, proclaiming war on the government. No, we're not. Certainly we're not, not doing that. Certainly not. PSA, it wouldn't happen. You wouldn't. If you hear somebody's proclaiming war on the government, couldn't be not us. us. Not couldn't us. Couldn't be us. Wouldn't be us. We are part of the sewing circle and terrorist society. That's right. I'm really just emphasis trying to on sewing circle. I'm getting the cross stitch down. Okay. Yeah. It's really the most important thing to me. Don't look over here. When Solace, the descendant of a uh, CSA overlords uh, was a baby. If I would catch him doing something that he didn't want to be caught doing, he would get really angry and point away from himself and yell, look away. <laughs> So, okay. yes. yes, if you see us sewing and planning revolution, you just yuck away, yuck away. <laughs> we don't need you here. Yeah. Unless ATF you want to join the FBI. Yeah. Right. Unless correct. you want to join. I, yep. Unless you're in the ATF or the FBI. Um, yeah, I would say I would say across the board, just to kind of give my summative statement. Yeah. Not going to join. Don't like the aesthetic. It's nothing for me, um, except mm. for the ladies. So it's going to it's going to work them up to a three because that's the power of women, Um, Mm -hmm. because I do think that aesthetic that that we're briefly glimpsing is very cool. But all of that other stuff, namely the fatigues, is bringing us way down. Um, Yeah. The the naming probably gets a point in the three, too. You know, it's some Mm -hmm. okay stuff. Um, I don't think there's any I don't think there's anything original about this. Um, So sorry to you guys on one level, but like hate is not original hate is boring we've seen it done a million times um i don't think it's zany i don't think it's interesting i think it's dumb um I however i think i think domestic terrorism is too homey and comfortable uh-huh <laughs> in my in my makeup uh-huh. and i need to address that go ahead what were you saying um well i was gonna actually say that the domestic terrorism <laughs> i was gonna say outside of these very hateful, unoriginal, not exciting things. There was a lot of exciting um, government interactions and kind <laughs> of zany, uh, insane things happening there. Um, mm-hmm. So they really are falling 
probably in the four range for me of of zaniness. I realize that sounds really low, listeners. However, we talk about some truly outrageous groups. Um, And so one thing that's lowering the zaniosity is honestly just how much the CSA has in common with other groups that are similar. Mm, Right. So that mm -hmm. to me makes them not a zany because other groups, you know, like the order saying they basically rip some of the stuff off from us. Like, yeah, that doesn't make it very zany for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not not a single glitter covered corpse as far as the eye can see. No removed eyeballs. I mean, you got to mix it up a little bit. We've got to mummify something needs to escalate if you want that rating. Just a note. Just well, former note. CSA members, see if, you know, here's some constructive criticism for you. That's right. In case, you know, you decide to build something in the future. So something totally different, but similar in some way. <laughs> All right. We'll get back to you guys on the details of our upcoming Sewing Circle of Terror Society. In the meantime, this is Cultside Joint signing off. We love all of you. you. Next uh-huh. week is our wrap up talk. Oh, Solace really wanted to be a part of this discussion, but A, thought standing here for an hour and a half would be boring, um, and B, is in school right now. <laughs> so he wanted us to do Respectful like a separate... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wanted us to do like a little separate bonus episode in which he could say a few things about his grandma and grandpa. Um, uh, and so yeah. I'm going to let him do that. We'll make a little little bonus ep. A million times yes. Yeah. One Mr. Solace Stone. Yeah. A VIP of of CIJ. So we are certainly <laughs> going to make that happen. I'm really excited to hear what Solace has to add to the conversation. And that's something for all the listeners to really enjoy looking out for. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as now the next episode that will be dropping for the final of season two, our really awesome fun recap episode. Yep. Um this also makes it the perfect time, listeners, for you to submit your requests for the sort of groups we cover. Yeah, coming do up. it. We've we've already said yes, and some of the groups we've covered are pe- things that people have suggested to That's us. That's right. So. so you too could be honored to be chosen. I'm kidding, but you could submit something that we might talk about. Absolutely, we welcome the ideas. Also, questions, comments, angry feedback compliments on our physical attractiveness all of these things are welcome mm-hmm. yeah um, absolutely do, you know also other compliments but uh, compliments of all kinds so um yeah. you can also get say DMs. it with a five-star rating our preference is that you say it in the in the way of a five-star rating um i don't i don't mean to say that we have followers of the podcast that are, are that are elevated in any way above anybody else but i will say that there are a few followers who have left truly incredible, beautiful reviews. And thank you to those that did that early. So we look yeah. forward to hearing some more thoughts and please give us a little more feedback. And thanks for being here. At the bar I used to work with when men would tell me I was beautiful, I would always be like, could you say it with cash? <laughs> so I should have said that when that guy told me I look like a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, could you say that with cash? <laughs> So we do love compliments. We love them best when you say them with five-star reviews. All right. On that note, guys, we'll see you at the next compound. Namaste. Namaste. Ooh, cold side joint. Ooh, cold side joint. If you are loving Coldside Join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. 
rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. Or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at CultSideJoin on the .com, the Facebook, and the Insta, and then hit us there with all your comments, discussions, and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting! Cult side join.